If you enjoy the harrowing of Minerva Damson and want to join the Order of Joan in their fight against the monsters stalking the trenches, there are several ways you can support the war effort. Find us on Patreon and enlist, or donate to the Order on Acast. You can also connect with Order Headquarters via Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Links can be found in our bio. The Harrowing of Minerva Damson is a horror podcast and contains descriptions of war that some may find graphic or disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Minnie Damson knew it was only a matter of time before the vampire found her, and she wished it would hurry up. It was cold, and she was tired and ready to kill it and be done. She flexed her fingers, one hand at a time, to keep them nimble. It was hours ago that she'd shinnied up this tree in a lonely grove a half-mile back from the front line. That had been a harrowing experience, running flat out over uncertain ground while pitch black alternated with the shifting, blindingly bright light of magnesium flares arcing over no man's land behind her. It was probably that tilting, nightmarish light that saved her from fighting hand-to-hand with the monster. Vampires had superior night vision, but were at a disadvantage in anything brighter than candlelight. It would have persevered in pursuing her, though. It knew what she was, what her mission demanded, and it had little choice but to find and kill her. It could leave its entrenched hunting ground instead, maybe, pull up stakes and move on while she waited up in her tree— But why would it want to do that when pickings here were so good, so easy? Moving on meant slinking across the countryside, searching for a remote town or village to prey upon and, more importantly, finding a good place to hide during the day. In the trenches, it could hide in plain sight. Sunlight exposed vampires for what they were, made them look cadaverous, but there were plenty of bodies lying around in the mud already, unmoved and half-buried. All it had to do was lie low all day, still as the grave, and it would be left alone. Then, under cover of darkness, it would stir and begin to hunt. Men that went missing were usually assumed deserters, and that was often the beginning and end to any investigation into disappearances. Who wouldn't want to escape this ugly war, with its shellings and cold mud and miseries? Put all that together, and it was a vampire's paradise. This battalion had yet to begin burning their dead as a precaution against just such a creature. Minnie snorted softly, her breath gusting white in the chill air. Amazing how people clung to their burial practices, even when doing so was actively killing them. Heck, even when they had direct orders to burn the dead. But then, war made believers out of sinners. It was only natural, she supposed, 
to want to believe life didn't end face down in the worms and mud, and that was it. That was all. A soft sound interrupted Minnie's rambling thoughts, and the exhaustion closing in around her mind fled to its edges. Her left hand tightened on the grip of her bow, her right on the arrow held ready to knock. The pale pre-dawn light was brightening slowly and steadily, but it was still difficult to pinpoint the source of the muted rustling in the twilight. The mist coiling up from the earth didn't help. Birds should be chirping by now, Minnie realized belatedly. Instead, it was unnaturally quiet. Another rustle, and a swirl in the mist. Minnie knocked the arrow, ready to draw. The curls of mist parted briefly. Minnie deflated. Only a hare venturing out on one last patrol in search of twigs to nibble before bed. It loped along, nose to the ground, unconcerned. Its fur looked soft and thick for winter. She wished she could run her fingers through it, imagined it for a moment. Then she thought about how, cuteness aside, it was probably tasty. Gamey, but better than the hard biscuits and canned meats packed in her kit. She started to lift her bow. Its ears swiveled before she completed the draw, and it darted away, leaving swirls of mist closing behind it. Minnie bit back an unladylike curse. And another one, as a voice suddenly rang through the chill morning air. Here, ducky, ducky. Come out now. I know you're here. No more need to play hide and seek. The breath froze in Minnie's chest, her posture caught at a half-draw. She didn't dare move too quickly, or she'd give away her position. Even the soft scrape of the arrow shaft against the bow might betray her. Vampires had excellent hearing, without exception. She glanced around her carefully, her heart pounding with renewed vigor. Nothing. Mist and trees and bare, brambly hedges. But the tree trunk was at her back, and leaning around it was sure to make noise. The vampire would be on her before she could scream, assuming the vampire was slow and she was lucky enough to get that far. It was a well-known, abrupt end that scores of Knights of the Order of Joan had met since this war's beginning eight months ago. Minnie drew in a slow, quiet breath, a little uneven as her heart beat against her lungs. Come on, let's have done with it. It's almost my bedtime, you know. I want a nightcap before I tuck in. She could tell it was coming closer, but not from which direction. Some quirk of the landscape diffused the sound, making it difficult to pinpoint. To her left somewhere, maybe? I'll enjoy eating you. More tender than wiry, half-starved men, aren't you? Though... Not so tender as a village girl. Had one once. Scrummy little treat, that one. Hope to have more when the war's done. A soft footfall alerted her to the vampire's location. Behind her, on the other side of the trunk. Another step. And another. Soft. Rolling. Prowling. 
I've heard of you birds. Not so tough after all. Just like a woman to run and hide. There. Passing beneath her on her left was a man, or what looked like one. She could see the crown of its head, sandy hair wet with morning dew. She grimaced. The angle was bad. She could shoot it through the top of its skull, but that wouldn't stop a vampire. Vampires were tricky devils to kill. Still, an older or smarter one would have remained dead silent while it hunted her. This one must be young, and either very brave or very stupid. It had probably been made nearby, a demon called into a soldier's corpse by an enemy sorcerer and sent back to sow creeping chaos among this British battalion's ranks. She waited, ignoring her taut nerves that screamed for her to draw and fire, now, now, now. The vampire slowly moved across the misty forest floor beneath her, its boots squelching softly over the mud and leaf litter. Mmm, you're warm, he sighed. His breath didn't gust out in a white cloud like hers did. I can feel you somewhere. Warm and gushing you are. Come out, my ducky. The vampire half-turned, searching with senses beyond her own. Its stolen body had been a young man, like most soldiers in this war. He'd had a straight, narrow nose, very delicate and refined. His lips were narrow, too, but his eyes were round, very round, like moons. They would have been lovely for a girl to look into, the kind of large, soulful eyes that made a woman feel like she was peering into a man's soul. The sun broke over the horizon, and winter-clear shafts of light lanced through the trees. The vampire ignored it, still casting around for her. He wasn't directly beneath her anymore, but the angle was still awkward. Minnie gritted her teeth. Shoot now and risk missing? Or wait, and risk the vampire sensing her before she could line up a decent shot? She let her nerves get the best of her. Now... She drew, and the arrow shaft whispered against the bow as she took aim. That was enough. The vampire whipped around, its face sliding into the morning sunlight. Minnie choked in horror despite herself. The part of its face still in shadow was as fine as the young man's had been, fair and handsome in its way. The half-illuminated by sunlight, though, was ghastly. His skin was waxy and his eye, oh God, his eye, it was as cloudy as a corpse's, lifeless, except it wasn't. She could see plain as day the malice within, and though no corpse's face could change expression, his did. He smiled, and her heart skittered raggedly over the next few frantic beats. Skin that cold, that rigid and dead, shouldn't be able to move that way. She had never seen a living vampire in daylight. If she didn't recover from her stupid lapse, she wouldn't have to worry about seeing that, or anything, ever again. She loosed the arrow just as the vampire moved. It found its mark with a hollow thunk, lodging just underneath the vampire's collarbone, a shot that, for a human, was potentially fatal. For a vampire, it was merely inconvenient. Finally giving voice to a curse, her hand darted over her shoulder to pull another arrow free. 
The vampire was already in the tree. It sprang into a lower branch between one blink and the next, and something strong seized Minnie's ankle and squeezed. A sharp yank sent her toppling from her perch. There was an arrow in her grip, but there wasn't enough time to knock it, draw, aim, and release. The vampire, its face a patchwork of life and death between shafts of sunlight and shadow, was watching her fall with glee and hunger. Its mouth was drawn into a rictus grin, happily displaying the distinctive eye teeth that would soon rip her throat free of her flesh. She'd have one chance, and one chance only, to make it out of this fight alive. She tucked her chin forward and braced for impact. It came. The shock jolted through her body and punched the air from her lungs, but her head didn't snap back and smack the earth, so she wasn't completely stunned when the vampire leapt from its branch to land its killing blow. The window was narrow, and she almost missed it. The vampire plunged to the ground, dropped with its knees on either side of her hips, its arms reaching to brace itself against her shoulders. It missed the wink of steel in the rising sun's light as its prey whipped her single, last hope into position. The sharp point pierced its cold flesh and lanced up under its ribcage. The momentum of its fall carried the vampire forward, even as it registered that it had lost, that it was going to die, truly die. It felt the wooden shaft of the arrow surge deeper into its chest, skewering it through its heart before it snapped in half under the vampire's lurching dead weight. The vampire slammed into her, dying and just as quickly dead, and promptly knocked out what little breath she'd managed to snatch into her lungs. Black spots exploded across Minnie's vision. With frantic, panicked swipes, she clawed the vampire off her. It rolled unceremoniously to her side, heavy and limp. The gasps that racked her body were long and painful and loud, so loud in the misty hush of the glade. Then a bird began to sing somewhere, and another answered. Just like that, the tension that had hung over the wood all night was gone. It was as though there had never been a vampire stalking through it, or a woman fighting ever so briefly, but oh so desperately, for her life. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Many laid there for a few minutes, staring up through the leafless canopy to the brightening sky above, and drawing in huge, grateful breaths as her heartbeat slowed. At some point, she took mental inventory of her body, feeling her way along her limbs and cautiously flexing her hands and feet. Nothing felt broken by some miracle. She would be a walking bruise, no doubt, but she wasn't seriously injured. The thick carpet of dead leaves beneath the fleeing mist must have cushioned her fall. That, or it was just dumb luck, didn't much matter, in the end. God, science, or serendipity, she'd take it. It would have been nice to lay there longer, just staring at the sky, and pretending she was wasting away the morning daydreaming in the forests back home. But there was a dead vampire next to her, and a war behind her, and a job yet to be done. With a beleaguered groan, she pushed herself upright. The first order of business was checking her equipment for damage. The majority of her kit she'd left behind before beginning her hunt. It was better to travel light when confronting something fast and strong like a vampire. She'd only carried her bow, quiver, and dagger. The fall had knocked the bow from her grip, but it was attached to her wrist by a cord for just such an event— It didn't look damaged. She hadn't expected it to be, since it was solid yew and bewitched for durability. But it wasn't impossible to break. What surprised her more was that the string hadn't snapped. Carefully, she unstrung the bow and let the wood relax. None of the arrows in her quiver were broken, but both the ones that struck the vampire were. Minnie didn't even know when the one in the vampire's shoulder had snapped— but she couldn't see the fletched end anywhere. It was probably lost in the leaf litter. Fortunately, she knew where the arrowheads were. She closed her eyes and steeled herself. The points were too valuable to abandon, magicked as they were themselves. They had to be retrieved. She grunted as she pushed the vampire onto its back. The sun had risen above the horizon, bathing the world in strong, clear light that made the dead vampire's visage all the more incongruous and ghastly. At least it looked like a corpse should now, still and cold as a gravestone. Yet even for that, the strangeness of her situation, if she stopped to think about it, was profound. She was a woman sitting in a glade with a dead body on a Sunday morning, pulling her dagger free. A scene so bizarre, it would have been unimaginable a year ago. Now, it was all too familiar. She decided to go for the arrowhead in its heart first. 
A couple of quick slashes parted the hard flesh and made it easier to pull the shaft free. The blood that clung to it was congealed, and so dark it was almost black. Curiously, it did not reek, and she was thankful for that. She recovered the second arrowhead much the same way, and took a minute to clean them both using the abundant, dew-slick leaves around her. Frustration boiled through Minnie as she placed the passably scrubbed arrows into her quiver. When she had been deployed, she had been given twelve shiny arrows, each one bright with the promise of adventure and violence. Over the last five months, she'd lost one and broken three. Five, actually, when she included these. The arrowheads could be attached to new shafts, if she ever got back to an order post with the right supplies and personnel. But the two outposts she'd had the fortune to rest and regroup at had had neither. So now she had six arrows, and no idea when or where she'd get more. Six arrows was not nearly so comforting a quantity as twelve. Staring at them wasn't going to make them multiply, nor was it going to fix what she wished to avoid, Minnie told herself firmly, slinging the quiver over her shoulder and securing it there. Best just get down to it. She picked up the dagger, turned to the vampire, and began the grisly work of slicing its head from its body. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The harrowing of Minerva Tamsin and its related stories are written, narrated, and produced by Jessica Linkhart and features additional voice work by Miranda Lewis, Claire Miller, and Jamie Sykes. Art assets done in collaboration with Mitch Lewis. Thank you for listening. Our tale will continue next week.